do the um well no, now we can't because i didn't say the words can we do five yeah sink, sink. i feel like you play it so fast and loose i do i absolutely <laughs> i don't want to just sit here this whole time waiting we got two movies to talk about we got a double feature it's been a classic double feature, which we haven't done in a while because it's it's it, honestly it's too exhausting. It's it's a bad idea. It makes the titles too long, <laughs> and also it's hard to watch sometimes two of these movies at the same time. Well, and it can be nice. I've noticed since we stopped doing it that it is nice to be able to give one movie breathing room before we talk about the yeah. next movie. No, for sure, for sure. And some some movies are worth the time to talk mm-hmm. about for as long as we do and other movies aren't worth that time and so we talk about other things right but that can also be fun i think it's a lot more fun that we had an episode of bar talk the magnificent which we kept talking about other shit instead of having an episode of anastasia and also bar talk the magnificent (laughs) A, a cavalcade of swings and misses but like swings versus in an absolute less than an eraser of nothing like stale bread of a movie a movie that like is worth buying if you need VHS tapes to record over. I'm so glad that at the beginning of this double feature we are talking about why double features are a bad idea and we don't do them anymore. <laughs> Welcome to Direct to Video VHS. VHS. I am your host, Tony Robusto. And I am your host, Andres Reyes. We watched. I'm, sorry, I'm taking. I'm taking a second because of the fact. I I just I need a moment of silence for our lost recording. For my lost recording, yes. your audio was fine. My, oh, thank God. I <laughs> I I know that on at least three occasions I have been the one to like gloriously destroy all hopes of releasing an episode. Yeah. So I will say it is nice to be on this end of the equation for once. I stopped doing a local backup recording because we used it once and it was just like as bad as releasing a broken episode. And so Yeah. So this week uh as we as maybe was hinted in the opening in the cold open, I don't know. I don't know how we cut that together. We're doing a double feature Two Land Before mm-hmm. Times movies. Two Lands Before Time movies. Lands Before's Times. Two and five. Two and five. The only two with Chomper, who is in both of these movies a total of, I think, an hour? Uh, maybe? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Maybe less. It might be 45 minutes. Takes him a long time to show up in both of the movies. And I was surprised, we'll get into it a little bit, but he's like the best thing of that, the second movie. And then of the fifth movie, he is just like a surprisingly interesting character. He is truly like a, a ray of, of sunshine in that film. In a way that I, I, I don't think anyone who made these movies thought of in that like, like, who would ever get tired of these five? Right? <laughs> who would ever get tired of the the beautiful, fun quips, quibbles, and machinations of Littlefoot and the gang? I'll tell you what. 
watch both of these movies, my favorite character continues to be Spike, and basically the reason is he doesn't say fuck all. <laughs> he is just a dog. He's like, um, nah, I'm not doing quips. Here's the thing, he's so he he he, he they give him a lot of dog-like qualities, but often he appears to be the smartest of the gang. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> like, everybody else will yeah. be arguing about something, and he'll be like, look, guys, the plot. <laughs> great character. Now, ten out of ten. I... Sorry, yes, go. I, I, I had a moment of, like, um, surrealness when I was watching this movie, where I was like, is this Frank Welker? Because usually when you have a character or any animal in anything, it's usually Frank Welker who's, like, doing the, you know, the, the work Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that for these movies, it's not. But for the original movie, it was. Interesting. I, I, I was realizing, oh, um, Frank Welker, ha- I, has he sullied himself with the Land Before Time credit? Um, and the answer is kind of. <laughs> the answer is kind of because he was uncredited. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, Amazing. I always wonder about uncredited. You know, like you go into IMDb and it's like Frank Walker uncredited. And it's like, who dug this up? I I do think part of it is that it's it's I, it feels to me like it's a well, Frank's in the studio. This is how Frank Walker gets all of his work, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's just always oh, yeah. in the studio. <laughs> He's in the studio it's doing like a Jim bunch Cummings. of bird sounds. They, they just, they're just voices. hanging out together. <laughs> Yeah, they're high five in and <laughs> I I have to assume that a lot of a lot of it is probably just he's in the studio, he's a regular, and they can just ask him, hey, can you just like throw out some like B-roll noises that we can just use? And I do think that other times it is legacy library stuff. Where it's like we have access to these recordings. We are legally allowed to use them. We're just gonna use them. Yeah. So yeah. That makes sense. But also I mean, that's how he, this, the, the guy is so like, even now, in, and he's like almost 90, still like knocking out like full credit roles and still, I think still voicing Fred in some capacities. Good for him. He is 77. He is not almost 90. But you know, for me, <laughs> uh, the guy's been working since he was 18. God, you're such a millennial. 77, that's How pretty much 90, you? right? How dare you? <laughs> I'll have you know that based on whoever is doing the survey... Are you a Gen I, I could be, I could be a Zillennial. Oh, no. No one is sure. I can't I'm, believe I'm doing a podcast with a Zillennial. Did Zillennials grow the, up on Toy Story? Oh, no. The, yes. I have to leave. <laughs> I think... Um, I think there was a short, there was a time when, whenever I looked at that, those breakdowns, which are all completely fake and meaningless. Sure. I was list, I was listed as a millennial. And I think now when I look at it, we're 95 is listed as a, as a millennial. Interesting. I feel like last time I looked at it, the cutoff was 97. And I was like, oh, my brother got right under the wire there. But my other brother's officially a millennial. Oh yeah. No, my, my. My younger brother is, what is he? He's 03? He is oh, for sure yeah. on the other yeah, end of that absolutely. gap. absolutely. <laughs> Generations right. are weird. Are we so reticent to talk about these movies? <laughs> I... 
Okay, so let's start with, I guess, in chronological order, The Wait, Land Before a- Time 2. Anything else would be insane. The Mysterious... No. No. Fuck. This what was is it? The... The Great, Great Valley, Valley Adventure. Adventure. A terrible name. Truly terrible. Do they need subtitles? Um, Interesting. No. They're, the titles are already pretty long. Land Before Time 2. It's pretty long. I think you gotta go with either a number or a subtitle. Mm-hmm. Right. Otherwise, you're just overstaying your welcome. If the, Okay, I'll say this, though. If the subtitles meant anything, I would appreciate mm-hmm. the subtitles as, like, helping me figure out which one I'm gonna watch. Because, like, what's a, what's a, now all I can think of is Harry Potter. I don't like talking about Harry Potter very much anymore, but, like, yeah, each of those has a subtitle that you're like, oh, sure, I remember this book, or this movie. For sure. I, um, the, I mean, the series of unfortunate events as well. Oh, yes! Sure. <laughs> We're, like, if you can get a title that like perfectly captures what the movie's about, great. Unfortunately, these subtitles are so generic sounding that The Great Valley Adventure could be literally any of them. That's it. I, I'm pretty sure 90% of these movies just take place entirely contained within The Great Valley. Well, except for these two, ironically. Okay, the second one, they leave The Great Valley for like 10 minutes. They do leave the Great Valley for 10 minutes, but that does make it weird that they call it the Great Valley Adventure. If I, no, 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 no. If I had a fence, if I had a yard with a fence. Okay. Let's okay. imagine a world in which I have a yard with a fence. Okay, it's 1950. If I go outside, yeah, if I go outside and I walk outside of my fence to yeah. pick up the newspaper mm-hmm. and then I walk back inside, I didn't leave my house. <laughs> they like spend a night inside the skeleton of a giant predator (laughs) okay i get what you're saying but do you get what i'm saying in terms of like the the narrative structure of what is happening if you left your house and were kidnapped for like five minutes you wouldn't call that the my house adventure The Great My House Adventure. The Great My House Adventure. Even if you came back with an egg that hatched into a dinosaur, you'd be like, this is still not a My House Adventure. This is Some my other house is shit the least has happened. part of this adventure. <laughs> yeah, the they could have gone with like the, the Great Egg Caper or something, right? Yes, that would be good. Great Egg Caper, That's I a, would allow it. A little too Batman, but... The, well, the Great Egg Switch, you know... You know what it is? Is they're hindered. They're hindered by their 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 choice of speech pattern because these all the all these titles are like conceivably things that the characters need to say in the show, right? And the problem is that they have such a limited vocabulary. We talked about this last time, but we should say it for the audience for the listener that like they don't say sun, which I am going to rant about later. They don't say sun. They say like. Sky. The day circle. Day circle, and the moon is like the night circle. Um, so, yeah, they're very, they're, they're limited in that they don't have a lot of good descriptive words mm-hmm. for what they're doing. Now, again, give me until the next movie. In the next movie, I'm gonna fucking go off. <laughs> but I'll sit on it for now. So, opening yeah. shot, it's space. We get... 
space. We, we see the Universal the Cartoon Studios. Uh, oh, which that's right. You don't remember this logo. I did not remember this, and I'll tell you why. It's because they stopped using it because it sure wasn't Pretty in the fast. other movie. Um, it's so fast. <laughs> All of these, what do you think about the fact that both of these movies open on space? I feel like it's weird. Space is not important, except to, I think, remind us that comets exist. That comets, yeah, that, that, um, there's gonna be a big rock that really quickly makes this the land during our time. (laughs) The land after time. (laughs) The land after time. Um, I think... I think a big part of it is, I think you. we need to stop talking about this lost recording, but you hit the nail on the head the last time we talked about this, which was, it's because they, they're trying to do this like faux documentary thing. And this is part of it. Yeah, I think you're probably right. We're like two minutes in before the narrator says something that doesn't sound like he would say it in a documentary. They do the same thing in both of them. They go like, the age of the dinosaurs, these large animals, da 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 da. Then he goes, but the sharp teeth. And they're like, ah, okay, it's not a documentary. He said sharp teeth. I get it. I got it. I kind of wish the narrator was removed from the like archaic word choices. Yeah, that I think it would be interesting to have. Maybe even a through line of narration where the narrator is narrating it like it's a, um, like it's fucking National Geographic. But these characters are still like talking and saying things like sharp teeth. And the movie's like the same. I hate to, because I I hate to, I hate to bring up the hit 2000 Disney movie Dinosaur. (sighs) Me too. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure in that movie, they just call the other species by their like scientific names. I think they do. Or at the very least, they call the big the big predator the Carnotaur, which is the uh, nothing that anyone should ever say out loud. Yeah. And like, so I get it. You don't want you don't want these dinosaurs walking around being like, "Hey, Apatosaurus Alley." Like it's a fucking PBS yeah. show. No, it's bad. I mean, Sarah's name is Sarah. Uh, <laughs> but that's fine. She's a triceratops. Get it, guys? Wink. Nudge. Mm-hmm. Sarah's name is also weird because it is conceivably also just a, like a normal last name. Just a human name. <laughs> yes, that's true. Meanwhile, she hangs out with Littlefoot, which I can't help but think is a buckwild name to give to a child because he's going to grow up and have big feet. <laughs> Would you believe it if I told you that this is addressed in a later film? I do believe it. I wish you wouldn't have said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to a primo. I'm a I'm a land before time. I'm an LBT. Is that what they is that the acronym? <laughs> I'm an I'm an I'm an LBT aficionado. I have seen 13 of these movies and I don't know how many there are, but that's how many I've seen. And half of the TV series. Well, you should really say LBTQ to keep it more inclusive. Oh, you're right. You're right. I <laughs> I felt bad making that joke. No, no, that's a good one. That's a classic. You're you are correct. Um, there is a part of me that is like when I hear kid actors talking, I'm like, oh, that's like cute, and mm-hmm. I I immediately like put my guard down. But here's the thing: is that these are also like the most annoying kids in the second movie. They it's it's 
it's wild because here's the thing. By the end of the last time we recorded this, and you're right, we should stop referencing it. But I was like, okay, I have to give these kids more of a benefit of the doubt. I realize mm-hmm. it's hard to be a child it voice is. actor. You're going to sound mm-hmm. annoying sometimes. And then I watched the next movie, movie five, and I was like, this movie? These kids are selling it. And I don't know what it's- happened. <laughs> Here's what happened is that these aren't that these kids aren't fucking four year olds. They're like eight year olds. Yeah. Okay. And then so they can just do it. I think that makes they sense. They can just do it. Speaking of which, so we get we get all these kids. It, uh, there is a song where they introduce themselves. The song is awful. All the songs in this movie are awful. Um, it is wild how bad the music in this second movie is. It's wild because in the next movie we watch, it's good. There are songs in that movie that I would unironically listen to right now if they were in front of me. <laughs> I'm going to tell uh, you something, man. I haven't watched and I and we're, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the second movie. I haven't watched the fifth movie probably since my younger brother was like maybe five or six. Mm-hmm. So we're talking a while. I would have like been two years what, at least. I would have been eleven. So we're talking at almost we're talking almost two decades. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched this movie in a long time. Every single song in that fifth movie, I was singing along. I still have those lyrics <laughs> up there in the giant library of useless content that is my brain. So, but these songs beat are for bad. Beat. Okay. These are terrible. <laughs> so these these songs are bad, but they they use it to introduce the characters. We have Sarah the Triceratops, or as they call it, a three horn. Terry the Pterodon. Nope. nope. <laughs> What? Petrie. Petrie, excuse me. Petrie the pterodon, <laughs> or as they call it, I don't know what they call it. A flyer? This is terrible. That's it. Uh, Ducky the, uh, what is she, Pathy? Uh, I cannot remember how, what you call these guys. Uh, I think they're just called duckbills. Well, the, okay. Oh, the name. This is the real name. Yeah. The real or name, they, I don't know. They also call them swimmers. A patasol. Um, a Pachy- a Pachycephalosaurus? A Pachycephalosaurus, yes. All I can remember was Pachy, so I guess I got it in there. Um, and the, uh, Spike, who is an adopted... Adopted into, into Ducky's family, but is a... Um, Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus. But they call them Spike Tails. And then Littlefoot, the leader of the group, transformed from the North. Uh... <laughs> Uh, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, Littlefoot, uh, is a, I don't know, fucking brontosaurus, maybe? Brachiosaurus? Something like that. Uh, Apatosaurus. A long neck is what he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And these are, these are our five friends. I don't remember why they're such big, big friends with each other, but they are. Uh, it happened in the first movie, I guess. I think they met up and walked to the Great Valley together. Yeah. Yeah. They were all abandoned by their parents and then um, made their way to the Great Valley alone. Yeah. Fucking miserable. Um, so, yeah. Now they're now they're like blood bonded. They're like super mm-hmm. tight. They also all, I believe, in that movie, murder uh, a sharp tooth together. So they are for sure like the most blood bonded a pair of four year olds can be. It's like fucking Macbeth out there. Uh, no. <laughs> they one way that it is not like Macbeth. Oh, oh my God. 
okay. I am so sorry. I thought you said something else. What did I? What did you think I said? I don't know if you remember the hit Stephen King book, It. I did not say. Well, it's not unlike it. <laughs> but yeah, you did not say. You're gonna have to cut this out. Um, I refuse to cut it out because now I'm imagining these little dinosaurs bullying a clown to death. That would Sarah be amazing. Could do it in the lore. And I hate the three words that I hate to say in the lore of it. I'm pretty sure that motherfucker shows up like in the before times. I don't know if he shows up in the land before times. I don't think he does because there, I believe, will be a prequel of him in the 1900s or something. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't tell me that. That sounds like a nightmare. Hey, it is probably. Um, I... It's about him meeting the real Pennywise and <laughs> or something like that. I I feel like a, the 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 there's always a danger when it comes to anything based off of a Stephen King adaptation. If you include too much of that shit, I very quickly like enter who gives a crap mode. We are spiraling. We have to talk about. We just two don't want to talk today. about it. We don't want to talk about the second movie. If we just get through it, we can talk about the one we like. Yeah. So Littlefoot, I'm, I'm going to point out just this one thing with the animation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mm. not harp on the animation in this movie. It's somehow clearly worse than the animation in 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 5. And I don't know how. Like, I don't know if they got more of a budget or if they just got better at using their budget over time. But um, mm-hmm. everybody moves really weird. They try for these, like, effect shots that are just, like, they're not there. They can't they're do really it. They're really going for it. So uh, I, I think in terms of why this movie looks so weird, I think part of it is a, a lack of understanding of the scope of the project. I hear, These are a lot of, like, I think film animators who don't realize that they're not going to have the time that they normally have to polish um, a lot of these shots. Because there's a lot of characters that are like not off model, but like moving in ways that are just clearly not as smooth as you would expect it to be for how crisp some of the, the like primary shots are. That is actually the weird thing is that, yeah, there's a lot of bits where it feels like the animation budget must've run out while they were animating. Oh this. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So let's introduce the main villains. So the, the main villains of the second film are two. They're not Oviraptors. We went over this. They they're are Struthiomimuses? Struthiomimuses, perhaps? Which are, they were omnivorous. They were probably mostly herbivores, but would occasionally eat like meat and stuff. Like we talked yeah. about how squirrels Oppor- do that. And that's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Opportunistic. Carnivores. Carnivores, that's it. They are named Ozzy and Strut. Mm-hmm. I do not remember which is which. One of them is cool with eating plants, and the other one has a fixation on eating eggs. I, uh, I think the the obsessed one is Ozzy, because I remember the yeah. other one being like, but Ozzy. But Ozzy. Yeah, he says that a lot. Um, so their thing is that they're going to steal eggs from, from the dinosaurs... So mm-hmm. they can eat them. That's just that's just their their whole thing. Meanwhile, the kids decide to go kill themselves. Um, it's hard to <laughs> they, word that any other way. <laughs> they they go to a tar pit and then decide to have a dip. 
they, to be fair, are trying to cross the tar pit to get to the long grass on the other side. Mm -hmm. Here's the main thrust that this movie thinks it's going to have. The moral that it is trying to get to is that these kids need to accept that they are too young to do some things. Yeah. And in doing so, ironically, they will grow up a little once they come to accept that. Mm -hmm. It will drop this plot through, if, for most of the movie and then kind of like pick it up and brush it off like, no, no, that's what we were doing the whole time. Uh, <laughs> so like th they can't cross this alone. For some reason they try and they all almost die in a tar pit. Gotta be one of the worst ways you can conceivably go. Yeah, and so they decide, uh, after they all get scolded by their parents or mm. guardian figures. Well, everybody has parents except Littlefoot. <laughs> and um, Spike, I guess. Spike is adopted. Spike's got parents. Yeah. Um, Superman's got parents, so Spike's got parents. Exactly. I'm so walking that back. They meet up. They meet up. If Batman had two grandparents, it would be a much different story, though, right? Uh-huh. Um... <laughs> They meet up in the middle of the night and decide to that they want to do something impulsive and authoritative so that the adults will stop treating them like kids, which really makes me feel like none of them took to heart whatever it was that their parents told them. They don't fucking get it. I, I, I think I wrote somewhere in here that... No, I don't seem to have, have written it. That, um... I gotta stop reading my notes. Um, I think I wrote I, I wrote somewhere at some point that the speech that, that the grandpa gives Littlefoot is like a real speech that you would give to a kid, but yeah. in that same way, not a very good speech because mm -hmm. it feels like it's trying to be that speech from The Lion King. Yeah. But instead, it's just like, just listen to me, I'm bigger than you, you know? The the one thing, and I think this is the last nice thing I will say about Sarah's character, mm -hmm. <laughs> is that, and I didn't realize what a big, important point this was for this series of movies canonically. Yep. Sarah's dad is racist. Sarah's dad hates all other dinosaurs. All other dinosaurs. He seems to specifically have a thing about log necks because they're taller than him. Mm-hmm. He's got a Napoleon um, complex. She is the one that is, like, most mad about these speeches she got, and it seems like she's most mad because her dad took the opportunity to dunk on her friends, so this is why she shouldn't be hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, the first and last interesting thing about Sarah. Sarah is a broken character in this movie. They want to make her, like, Lucy from Charlie Brown. Yeah, they want to make her, like, a tough, like, a tough bully kind of character yeah or like or like maybe kind of helga from hey arnold oh yeah 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 where she she has this like she has this loyalty to this group of friends but she will not be told what to do she wants to be the leader even though she doesn't really have leadership qualities she's mm -hmm. just kind of bossy yeah and and she's like very aggressive the problem is that the way she shows that in this movie is by being fucking the worst and fully stopping the movie occasionally <laughs> she is so overwhelmed by her own cowardice any decision that she makes she immediately folds on the moment there is any semblance of like danger or getting in trouble and it's like that's the point 
of the movie. And I, I actually super like how they do it in the next movie we watched, where she technically still has all these character traits, but it works a lot better. Like, the way they have her set up, it makes sense that she is always arguing with Littlefoot about stuff. And it makes sense when she's afraid of something. Yeah, this movie is, it's just, it's just irritating. So, so they're like, okay, we're going to run away from home. That'll teach our parents that we're not kids. I don't see where they got this idea from exactly. <laughs> but before they can commit to that, they wa- they can see, they see these two, uh, these two egg thieves stealing one of Ducky's siblings, who is an egg. Yep, one of one of her potential siblings, who I guess have hatched by movie five, come to think of it, because they were around. So this becomes the thing that they're going to do instead, is they're going to save this egg from these um, thieves. They chase Strut and Ozzy out of the Great Valley, get into the most Scooby-Doo-ass like, chase scene. It's a very Scooby-Doo chase scene, but they collapse a cave into an avalanche that cracks open the wall of the Great Valley. Somehow. Somehow. Like, I watched it happen in the animation, and I was like, this isn't reading, Chief. (laughs) (laughs) By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. The egg also somehow just rolls back home, which is, I will accept that as, like, dumb cartoon logic. I'm okay with that part. But they all think the egg is destroyed, and they're all, like, outside the Great Valley. Mm-hmm. So this is the bit where they're outside the Great Valley. This is not. This is why it should not be called the Great Valley Adventure. Absolutely. In this extremely metal fucking wasteland. <laughs> it, it does look like a heavy metal album cover where with all these dead dinosaurs, and they are inside this huge dead um, carnivore. And they find this egg, and these kids, who are fucking stupid. <laughs> they are truly... <laughs> these, these dumb idiots are like, this must be the same egg. Here's the problem. The egg is huge. This egg is like two, maybe three times the size of the one that they were looking for. But they're it's convinced. Two, maybe three times the size of Ducky, who's like, yep, this is my little brother or sister. Yup, yup, yup. Um, by the way, I saw this in my notes and I didn't want to miss it. When trying to comfort Ducky, oh yeah, 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 yeah. does say it's just part of the great circle of life. And I don't want to like pull the brakes on this podcast and talk about how like they can't say that in a sequel to a not very good dinosaur movie that happened to come out like a year before a very good lion movie. <laughs> but also I feel like I should pump the brakes a little bit because what the fuck? They really lean on it too. Um, he says the great circle of life. No, no copyright infringement. They carry the egg back by balancing it on three sticks, which I don't, there had to be a better way. It does not look very secure. Petrie's like clamped between the sticks and also the egg. It's not going amazing. At this point, the Ozzy and Strut are like so ancillary to the plot because they are the entire time like trying to straight up murder these kids for stealing their lunch. So this is this is the irritating thing. Here's here's what they could be doing. 
this is what you would have thought had happened if you'd watched this as a kid and not seen it again for forever. You would have thought that they saw that really big, juicy egg. And we're like, we're going to go get that egg now. That egg is better. And then they were chasing the kids for that. But they're not. They're just like immediately like now we're murderers. We wanted eggs, but now we're murderers. Now we want to, Now we want murder. But also it's it's so inconsequential because they are constantly foiled by accident. They the kids don't even realize these are still characters until like the end of the movie. <laughs> Could you imagine if in the movie Home Alone, the wet bandits were foiled not by the ingenuity and and straight up like sociopathy. devilish machinations, yeah, and sociop- sociopathy of Kevin McAllister, but were instead foiled entirely by accident by things that Kevin McAllister wasn't even aware of and in fact doesn't acknowledge their existence until the f- the end of the movie when they're arrested. Could you imagine that movie? That movie would suck. That's what this movie is. That's kind of got like a black comedy style to it though, doesn't it? I guess that is basically just three men and a baby. <laughs> that baby doesn't know what he's doing. That baby doesn't know. That baby doesn't realize that they're in danger. It's a baby. It's it doesn't a know baby. what heights are. That movie's also bad. I don't think the three men are trying to kill the baby either. No, they're trying to save the baby, raise the baby. Unclear. <laughs> I. Do we have to watch three men and a baby next to find out what they were doing with that baby? I really, I truly don't even know if I'm thinking of the right movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot um, of dudes fucking up taking care of children movies in the 90s. You're thinking about The Godfather. Oh, yeah. No, that's it. (laughs) Um, It's all part of the great circle of life, Tony. All part of the great circle of life. They get back to the nest. They realize this the egg's back, so now we just have an extra egg. And they decide they're going to raise it because, again, these kids are idiots. They just kidnapped a child, basically. Littlefoot thinks being a child parent sounds, quote, fun. I will say the other kids aren't aren't as into it as he is and are even less into it once the egg hatches. They all have a good freak out about the fact that this is the little baby sharp tooth, even though he's fucking adorable and he is the best. The cutest thing. I I will okay, so this movie goes from borderline completely unwatchable to borderline watchable with the introduction of this character. It's an incredibly small space that it's playing in. But the the first half is just like so irritating and boring and annoying. And the second half is like, okay, I'm almost on board because this little this little character's eating bugs, running around, being adorable. I'm not saying it makes it a good movie, because it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't, but like it, it Chomper is the only thing. His name is Chomper. Uh, that breathes life into this movie before this. And it, it takes 35 entire minutes to get to this character. It is. We are halfway through this movie before literally the thing on the cover of the fucking VHS tape shows up. And this is a criticism I will also levy on the the fifth movie. It takes us 30 fucking minutes to get to this mysterious island. It does. I will say that at least that movie had like interesting stuff happening before the mysterious island. Yes. 
I was watching that movie and I was like, shit, this is like a real situation these kids are in. It's truly wild how truly devastated their lives become at the beginning of that <laughs> film. That being said, if it took until halfway into the two towers for there to be a single fucking ring, I'd be pissed. You get what I'm saying? I mean, I can't wait. Yes, no, I understand. I don't think the plotting is great, but they're fucking not trying to make a masterpiece of cinema here. We should all be trying to make a better movie. <laughs> I'm not saying a better movie. They succeeded at making a better movie. <laughs> By all intents. But they did not make Lord of the Rings, which is, it's... I'm going to say something. It's okay for other movies not to be Lord of the Rings. It is absolutely Remember when The okay. Hobbit came out and it was Lord of the Rings again? Nobody actually wanted that. I rather enjoyed that first Hobbit movie. But yeah, nobody wanted it. Again, I don't want to get too down on this, but I think all the Hobbit movies were fine in that they were like competently made. Yeah. And like there's a lot of stuff happening and mm. they're interesting in that way. I just I don't think any of them are necessary. <laughs> I, I think there are a lot of people who get who, who get lost in the sauce, as they say, when it comes to like making either a movie that is inspired by or a follow up to like a masterpiece of cinema. Uh-huh. And and it's one of those things that really pisses me off whenever somebody's like, I want to make the next Godfather. I want to make the next Lord of the Rings. I want to make the next, I don't know, like another big, important movie that everybody gives a shit about that I don't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. But like. It's so limiting. Like, one, you're not going to do that. Those movies were already made, unfortunately for you. You should be, like, like people should be reaching further, right? They should be like, I want to make a movie that's even better than The Godfather, which is not that hard. Yeah, to, <laughs> to steal a joke that I read on Blue Sky yesterday, you couldn't make The Godfather today. It takes more than a day to make a movie. It's already almost one o'clock. You just can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. But if you wanted to make a movie that's even better, we got 12 hours left in the day, 11 hours left in the day, baby. Let's make something better. Um, uh, anyway, that has nothing to do with the discussion about this we've movie. We've gotten lost in the weeds again. This movie is not Lord of the Rings, and that's fine. Maybe the best thing about the movie is it's not trying to be Lord of the Rings. I'm going to speed run us through to the end of this movie because it really, nothing happens after this, which is that Chomper runs away because everyone's mean to him. Littlefoot chases him because he wants to be a dad. A bunch of bullshit happens to T-Rexes who are Chomper's parents, but we're not going to realize this until five minutes before the end of the film show so, up. Hold, so I want to pause on this, though. I do want to pause on the fact that the kids don't realize that the two T-Rexes... By the way, they did blow a hole in the side of the thing. We talked about it. The adults That's did they not notice it. that. Um, they didn't realize they were his parents when, like, who the fuck else would they be? <laughs> they were living right outside. And there's two of them. Put it together. These kids are fucking idiots I'm there is a there is a fight scene that happens between the two t-rexes the kids and the adults they are soundly defeated the fight scene while not being great is like i don't know if this is the right way to say it but like well choreographed like i kind of buy it it's followable and it it's it's one of the few times that all of the kids get to use their respective like ingenuities yes they do a really good job of, like, fucking rope-a-doping these T-Rexes, even though they are kids. And, like, good job, kids. You rope-a-doped the T-Rex. They did it before Star Wars. Technically. 
before a star wars before a well how, how long long ago are we talking about who knows at this point littlefoot finally manages to catch up with chomper and they have a little a kind of a weird heart to heart he realizes again this is like five minutes before the movie's over these t-rexes are his parents gives them back chomper <laughs> sorry he wouldn't realize it Except that he did get stuck and had to sit there while Chopper and his parents basically talked it out. And he was like, oh, now I get it. Oh, my what God. What a fucking dumb shit. They're his mommy and daddy. I think that's what he says. Yeah. So all the all the sharp teeth are walking off together. But... Ozzy and Strut finally, after an hour of doing nothing, make their... Uh, well, kidnap- they did. Sorry. Sorry, I, I I don't want to spend too much time on it, but they did briefly get a falling death that I guess is somehow retconned. They fell into lava, I swear to God. <laughs> but they're yeah. back. But they're back. Uh, but they're back. Um, and they, uh, so they're going to kill Littlefoot, but Chompers realizes that, that he like hears Littlefoot. He's like, I'm going to fuck up these guys. Him and his parents show up and they chase Ozzy and Strut into the, the, the mysterious beyond, I think is what they call it. That is what they call it. One of the better stupid names that they have for stuff. For sure. But also, they're all from there. So it's not that mysterious. Mysterious, yeah. <laughs> so those guys are dead now. Yeah. I see. It, I I mean, that was Chomper's first real meal that wasn't a buck, right? Mm, yeah. Was those guys? Absolutely. The, the adults and the kids work together to close the hole uh, that the kids made. Sorry, they don't. The adults close the hole while the kids, and I, I do want to mention this, all the other oh, kids right. teleport to where Littlefoot was to say goodbye to Chopper. That's right, <laughs> I forgot about that. They were not in the scene. They, they were not in the last, the last 10 minutes of the movie. They're just not there. And then right before credits, they like show up. They're like, like bye, oh. Chomper. We'll see you again. We always love you. All this nonsense. And then, um, and, and then... Littlefoot's grandfather is like, do you understand why I, why I worry about you? And Littlefoot's like, yeah, I do understand. If I was grandpa, I'd be like, why? Why? Why do you understand? What happened, Littlefoot? What happened happened over the course of the last 24 hours to impart this knowledge on you? You haven't told anybody, not even your friends, the shit that you just went through. The absolute most buckwild thing about both of these movies is that no adult will ever find out that Chomper exists. That their kids have befriended the enemy. The 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 other. I can't help but think how the plot, or part of the plot of that first movie, could have been that the adults wanted to kill Chomper when they saw him, and then the kids argued against it and that showed how they had grown up a little bit you know mm-hmm. but that just doesn't happen the adults never know about this child that was the whole reason that the sharp teeth broke into their little compound so we get credits and it is truly a miserable um 70 73 minutes i don't know not long but um too long too long so now finally we can talk about what we're all here for today, which is The Land Before Time 5 of the Mysterious Island. A movie with a subtitle that I can get behind, even though it is still a little too vague. 
It's too vague, but it but like if I knew the Land Before Time movies, if I had watched all of them, I would probably know what this one was. Even without seeing the cover, but, I'd be like, the mysterious side where he goes to the island. Where they, they go to the they island. Go to the island cause, cause that's that's where Chomper is. You know? <laughs> like that's how I would I'm gonna tell you something that's so fucked up, which is that one of these fucking movies is subtitled Journey to Big Water. Actually fuck you. Which really fucks <laughs> really fucks it up, right? <laughs> Because this is the first time they see Big Water. They journeyed to this motherfucker. <laughs> Which is a name I actually accept. Because how would these kids know what the ocean is? Except that they call it the sea at the end of the film. I, I believe that the adults must know what the ocean is. I feel like this... So here's, here's the thing. This movie is still stuck in that, like, we have to use archaic language. But they... They fuck up a couple times. <laughs> they they absolutely drop the ball. Uh, I do think part of it is that they just care. They don't care as much and they care more about just making an entertaining movie for kids, which is like good. Yeah. So we get the old Universal logo. The narrator comes in telling us about stuff. And um, I have an issue with the narrator this time. Oh, yeah. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. This narrator doesn't think I've seen plants, Andy. I've seen plants. Andy. Andy, I could go look at plants right now. No, this is an alien world like nothing no, we've no, no, ever no, no, seen, no, no, Tony. No no no, 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 you don't understand. I've seen plants. He's like plants but, like you've never seen. you've never seen. And they show pictures of plants. They just look like plants. You've never seen plants like these, though. No, I've seen plants. <laughs> <laughs> they, it, um... It does. You don't think I've seen plants? You know what the funniest part is? Is that the when they go to the <laughs> mysterious island, they're, the, they're like different plants, but like... I, there is there's like a part of me I, I feel like i'm making this up it feels like they're just in like the redwood forest for most of the movie it, it feels like the context is that actually somehow on the mysterious island there are more evolved plants i literally don't know if fruit has happened at this time but there's like fruit on this island. they got well uh, petrie mentions liking berries which is a fruit i guess he does it is, but we don't see them eating berries in the on in the other one. They just eat like the the yeah, star leaves I, or whatever they call them. I will say the 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 calling it a mysterious alien world is like no. This these are we're these are, we're talking about carbon based life forms. They might be a little bit bigger, a little bit we a little bit weirder, a little bit like freakier. But like f- a fern is still a fern no matter how big it is. Well, ferns are a great. Example, I don't think ferns have actually changed very much over the course of five million years. Ferns kind of figured out what they were going to do and stuck to it. Yeah. Uh, everyone else fig- everyone else kind of met them where they were at. I mean, the whole reason we have coal is because plants figured out how to be trees so long ago that animals took for fucking ever to turn into creatures that could eat wood. And that's why we have coal, because all this wood just piled up until it became coal, because nothing could eat it. Mm-hmm. And when I say animals, I guess I'm also including, like, fucking amoebas. Nothing could get at this wood. It was too powerful. No, absolutely. It's still That's still kind of true today, you know? Like, there are some animals that have evolved to, like, reprocess wood, like termites, but they don't right. digest it. They don't break it down. They just, they mulch it. That's still That shit's still going to eventually become, like... A for like you know like a like a carbon coal deposit in the substratum. But my like my like actual issue with that line is that like 
trees haven't changed that much. Yeah. I have seen plants. They're basically the same plants. The plants that are different are like, you know, apparently I read somewhere that like flowering plants probably exist because of like a patasaurus is tromping through the the wilderness. <laughs> and like, that's wild. I've also heard some like some theories about like, oh, a lot of flowering plants evolved specifically to look like the bugs that pollinated them which means that those bugs had to exist first there is a flowering plant that looks like extinct bee genitals nice so that the other bees will be like oh hello but that bee's not around anymore Oh, it also does make you wonder about the way bees' minds work, because if I saw some genitals on a plant, I'd be like, floating around. I think I need to stay away from that plant. That's all right. Make a note. There's pervert over there. Pervert plant. Yeah. Don't pollinate that one. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the kids, we see the kids again. They don't bother to introduce them. They know, we know who you are. Mm-hmm. They are fighting over the last star leaf on a tree. And here is, this movie does have a little bit of a theme problem, because at first, the main point that this movie is trying to, like, get across is that, like, sharing is hard at the best of times. At the worst of times, (laughs) sharing is... Almost impossible. It's almost impossible, and it's going to cause a lot of hurt feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. So what do you do about that? How do you keep people in a community... When they're going through a hard time, which is a really big theme you might be asking yourself for this movie to tackle. And don't worry, because uh, 30 minutes into this it, it movie, kind of won't. we're going gonna, we're gonna <laughs> to go tackle another equally hard theme. A very genuinely very interesting theme that is also not a theme. It also has a hard time tackling because it's not a theme that applies to humans. So it feels like at the end of it, they try to make it like a race thing. But it's fucking not a race no. thing. You and I are different races. I don't think you're going to try to eat. eat. Like, and if you did, that would be a problem. And we'd have to talk about that. <laughs> right? Like, But like the whole time I was watching this, I was like, you know who has a point in this movie? Sarah. <laughs> Sarah does have a point. But the other thing is that like... <laughs> It's such a deep and existential question for this movie to ask about its cast of characters. Chomper never comes back. This is why Chomper is the best character of, I think, maybe this franchise. is because him showing up means now we have to have questions about how you can be friends with somebody who is literally, like, higher on the food chain than you. (laughs) And he is so... Chomper is so wise about it, too. He's like, hey, listen, man. You are... Since he hatched, he'd been wise. He... I remember... (laughs) Born with wisdom. He... He sees... He sees all the, like... All all the kids hanging out with their parents, and he instinctively knows not to go over there and wanders off instead. He's like, he looks at that and he's like, if I, if I crash this party, the party's over. (laughs) Oh, he's got a beautiful mind. Yeah. So, so let's, so what is, what is it that happens? A plague of locusts shows up to the Great Valley. I will accept this as possibly technically possible. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that in, in real life locusts like a cartoon piranha 
<laughs> yeah, they're more a threat to farming than just, like, trees, yeah. I feel like. But, okay, if you have to get them out of the valley, the locusts eat everything green more than these apatosauruses and, and triceratops could eat. Fine. I love the introduction of this because, like, um, so the kids are arguing over this tree star. They lose it. Some other dinosaur eats it, and they're upset. And Grandpa is like, oh, there's plenty of food for everyone here, and nothing will ever happen to change that. What's that? And then he, like, looks up. In the up. distance. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it He's can't like, be. It's not possible. <laughs> not here. Not again. <laughs> I love that. We're like two minutes into the movie. The Great Valley is destroyed. It is absolutely, it is turned into, and I quote, a wasteland. The earth cracks beneath their feet now, which I don't think locusts like suck the moisture out of the ground, but whatever. We're selling well, this to see, kids. They destroyed all the roots that was holding the earth together. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now. The adults are like, we got to go somewhere else. We got to go somewhere where we can feed our kids. Sarah's dad makes sure to say, I hate to agree with a long neck, but I also think we should go. So Sarah's dad continues to be racist. Continues to be racist. Has a baller line at the end of the movie. <laughs> to be fair, he is, he is also of the of the adults, the one that's most memorable. <laughs> so way to go, Sarah's dad. I... <laughs> I do think he's part of it is that he's so confrontational. I don't know. I don't know if you remember any like when you were a kid, any of the like your friends' parents who were like really confrontational. Nah, I, 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 I did not know any aggro dads like this. I, I like the idea. In fact, Sarah even says it. She's like, I don't want to go hang out with a bunch of three horns. They're too confrontational. And it's, it's, that's great because Sarah has like the biggest personality of the group. And her dad is also extremely aggro about everything. everything. And there's there's idea that like yeah, that's just like how they 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 burn really hot, you know. That's yeah, just how they go. So they they decide that they're all gonna leave as one big herd. Which the kids freak out for a little bit that maybe they're gonna be split up, but they're not. That seems like a weird bait and switch. Yeah, but I, I guess it, I guess kind of makes sense for later when they do talk about actually splitting up. So. It's fine. I don't know. They could have saved it for that, right? Because they, they start traveling yeah. for quite a while, it seems, for days, the narrator mm -hmm. tells us. Uh, surviving off of dust, I assume. It did get me wondering, an animal this big, how long can it go without eating? Can it go a long time because it can store a lot of food away? Or can it go fucking no time at all because it's a lot of energy to keep this going? I don't know the answer to that. I can tell you that there are a lot of theories about this. There are, you know, like there are animals on on this planet that do incredibly long, like elephants do incredibly long desert migrations where they go without like water and like a sustained feeding period for, you know, several days, sometimes entire season, an entire season before they get to their before they get to their mating um, locations and then they travel fucking back. Do you realize that we just can't do that? Yeah, no, absolutely. It is like a... <laughs> it's like us and rats. <laughs> we're like, we're so fucked if we don't eat for a couple days. Dude, <laughs> if I don't eat for a couple days, I'm already miserable. I can't imagine. When I was a kid, I learned you could go like 
Oh, three week. weeks without food. Yeah, and like a week without fucking water. Can you though? Really? Am I just that domesticated that I cannot <laughs> fathom that? <laughs> I, I love. We should refer to all human beings as domesticated creatures. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. We domesticated ourselves, man. We're so squishy. Yeah, dude. It's I it, it you I, can have asthma and it's not even going to kill you at all. The the, le- the less the less we talk about, you know, like awful things happening on the planet, the better. Um, But like, yeah, it's uh, yes, please. It's um, there's a lot of like really, really good scholarly research on like what dinosaurs could live on and how much and there are like feeding patterns and stuff. And this is all like guesswork, right? Based on like existing taxonomy. So there is a certain amount of like, we're talking about creatures that like evolved to their prime hundreds of millions of years before animals that like existed today were even like thought crimes in the heads of their ancestors. It's so it's, it's really difficult. I mean, the best you could probably do if you wanted to get like a one-to-one comparison is look at like sharks or gators. Like how do you guys work? Would they work like you? And the answer is probably not. Maybe a little bit. It's weird. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Who knows? So there are dinosaurs that were basically dolphins. We just like know that. Oh yeah, the ichthyosaurs. So I guess. So I guess that there would probably there would probably be like a lot of different you know types. Um, I have to assume that something as big as like an apatosaurus has to be able to store food away because otherwise, how do you even survive? Absolutely, and you know, like I think literature would agree with you there that there there has to be an amount of like constant migration that that these animals have to be prepared for going a certain amount of time without access to like a regular meal because otherwise they would just destroy their local ecologies so eventually they run into uh the skeleton of a of a duckbill morbid yep and i do quite like this this interaction because Littlefoot's grandfather's like well the duckbill was going this way when it died so there must not be water where it was coming from mm-hmm. and sarah's dad's like i don't know aren't duckbills stupid <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would trust a duckbill to show me where water is. Right? The, the ones that know how to swim fucking don't know shit. And fucking Ducky's mom is like right there like, what the fuck? Dude, <laughs> I have to talk my kids out of seeing like a dead, a potential dead relative, right? And now I have to explain to them what racism is. They've learned what racism is. I mean, Sarah's dad's been around a while. They've had that discussion. I I just want to mention, because I think this is when I first noticed it. It was actually maybe a little bit later. This movie does such a good job compared to the last one we watched of making everybody a character. Of, like, imbuing them with character, making them kind of a minor protagonist in the story. Because the last one really wanted Littlefoot to be the main character. And it was very confusing as to why. Because they all went on this adventure together. Mm -hmm. But then at some point it just became, like, Littlefoot and Chomper hanging out. And this one goes to a lot of trouble to be, like, to show other characters' strengths. Or even their weaknesses. Like, have them showing off what they care about, what they can do. Mm-hmm. I just think that's cool. This movie's this movie, uh, in that point, is way better than the last movie. Petrie still forgets he can fly a lot. Yes, but I was I was actually about to say, case in point, there are more times than most where Petrie points out, I could fly there. Uh, yeah. Y'all motherfuckers <laughs> yes. need y'all motherfuckers got to figure your like land shit out. But I could go fly there, no problem, no problem. Yeah, and then, you know, he'll immediately get knocked by something and be like, maybe I'll just walk too. 
Which is fine. It's a funny <laughs> joke. I And I realize that they have to deal with it. Because otherwise kids are going to be like, Peter could fly there. Like all the worst people you know, though, Sarah's dad does have a point. <laughs> which is that if this duckbill was wandering around in circles, that's an incredibly dangerous thing to take as information. And so maybe they should just keep moving in a straight line. I do not know if this is true about dinosaurs, but it's actually true about humans. Mm-hmm. If you wear a blindfold, you will naturally walk in a circle. Yep. We don't know why. I guess it's just how our inner ear works. Dude, my, my inner ear is so bad. I'm walking in the smallest circles you can think of. Like, I cannot <laughs> I cannot function without sight, which is an incredibly cruel thing as a person who wears glasses. I mean, ditto. That was going to be one of the things I, brought, I was going to bring out about how fucking domesticated I am. <laughs> have you ever been in, like, a, a professional sound booth before? I don't think so. I must have told this story before, but years ago, 10 years ago, actually, now, I got to go to uh, the Valve office offices in seattle oh neat yeah on a tour and we got to like go into their sound booth and the moment that they closed the sound booth door and like there was like no sound other than the sound that we were making inside of the booth like no sound from the outside world coming in like no ambient noise i immediately started falling over oh my god like like, i just like immediately became nauseous and like the tour guide looked at me was like hey are you okay and i was like i'm good i just want to be sitting or leaning (laughs) i'm a real leaning guy just making myself comfy you know i might work here someday (laughs) fascinating (laughs) so yeah you're right so it's not clear what they should be doing Mm. they get into a fight and they just decide to split up Mm -hmm. uh they're gonna split up the next day as soon as the day circle rises in the sky i think i think the bright circle the the bright bright circle circle. god they don't even call they call it the night circle and they call the other one the bright circle look i don't look (laughs) anyway i do wish they would have come up with sun and moon they do uh i'll talk about it later uh (laughs) so (laughs) so Ducky and Spike are lamenting. They're like sad. They're going to miss their friends. And Peter shows up and is like, I'm not going to miss anybody. <laughs> I do love that. And Ducky's like, I guess that I will miss you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, but luckily for them, Littlefoot has a plan. And already, Littlefoot in this movie is already so much more of like an action point. I feel like in the last movie, mm-hmm. Sarah was coming up with all of the bad ideas. And Littlefoot was just like playing catch up. He was like, uh, okay, well, I guess. Are you guys sure we should do this? God, he gets a lot less whiny in this one. Yeah, he is not as much of a Charlie Brown in this one. A character that I like. I, Charlie Brown does not go on these adventures, which I feel like is important yeah. for Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown gets his kite stuck in a tree. Right. If these if these guys are getting their kite stuck in a tree, it'd be a fucking different movie. And maybe more watchable, I don't know. Charlie Brown reads the entirety of War and Peace in a weekend and writes a, a book report about it that movie's awesome by the way the movie kicks ass <laughs> the plan is that they're gonna leave yeah they're gonna leave and they're gonna make sure to leave some deep footprints so that the adults know to follow them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they are at least for a day gonna make sure that everybody doesn't break off now the real plan is to find some green vegetation yeah in this amount of time which that's a fucking pipe dream but they're gonna try for it this this to me is the most like reasonable kid plan 
It's not terrible. Like I said, at the very least, it'll put off them splitting up for another day. Yeah, you said, like, not 30 minutes ago, in what feasible world is running away a good, like, plan, right? And here in this movie, they do this it. This is it, yeah. This is what you do. Yeah, we don't want the we don't want the all the, the, the community to split up, so we're going to run away together and leave footprints so that they know we're together and they follow us. Boom. And then maybe, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll find plants. Maybe we'll find something, and and we can keep everybody like together. Yeah, the the this is where the plan the the plan actually does fall apart for me. Littlefoot is certain that they will find some some plants before their parents find them, and like technically they do, but that was a fucking hail mary. The monkey's <laughs> paw curls. <laughs> well, there aren't even any monkeys yet. How'd that get here? They <laughs> they find uh, what they end up finding is uh, is big water, which is the sea, which is the ocean. As we've said before, it's the ocean. It is fascinating. It's 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 a great moment, though, because they're all so excited to find water because they've been walking through like a wasteland. Don't know how the locusts have destroyed water, but all right. Mm-hmm. Um, there was fucking water in the Great Valley when they left. Yeah, they should have followed the river. What are they doing? Um, so they... <laughs> Sorry, I just got distracted by the fact they didn't follow the river. Yeah, no, it's um, truly wild. It would have taken them to a mountainous they, region. They 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 find they find this water, they go to drink it, it's salty, they can't. They yeah. can't they don't they don't say salty, but fucking I know. We're we all know. They start despairing. Everybody except for Spike, who might be like a Buddha. I'm starting to think that Spike might be a Buddha. Spi- yeah, oh Spike is the first incarnation. Or perhaps it's better to say that the Buddha was a spike. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that has to be that has to be uh, at least a little bit <laughs> disrespectful to what I believe is still an active religion, <laughs> but of a very active religion. Yes. Yeah. F- um, but uh, I mean, he just like he's the only one who doesn't panic. He keeps calm. He drinks he, salt water. He drinks salt water. He's like, like this does. salt water, it's not good, but I'm on the middle path, man. Sometimes you gotta do bad <laughs> stuff on the middle path. And he looks over, and he sees the island, and he doesn't even say anything. He's like, I am content looking at this island. I will, like, like the like the 1001 Arabian Nights, simply looking at the food is enough to fill my stomach. And Ducky's like, Spike, you're supposed to be freaking out. Why aren't you freaking out? And then she sees that there's this that there's this big island. Now the island has a land bridge going to it. The most tenuous, the most tenuous piece of land connecting it and them. <laughs> yeah, this is strange. The land bridge makes no sense because it disappears immediately. <laughs> so they're gonna walk on this land bridge to this island. Mm-hmm. And so I said before that big water is a perfectly acceptable name for the ocean. Absolutely it is. What I will not accept is earth shake. It is. Because we could. Too close. That's the same word. <laughs> it's too close. <laughs> if, if that's going to happen, just say earthquake, please. Also, they know what it is. Yeah, they've have they felt this before. It's truly tough because on the one hand. Just call it an earthquake. It's literally one letter. Like, who cares? SH is one letter. And Q, you. Let's go on. <laughs> like, I understand why not earthquake, but also, like, it's so close. Like, can you come up with a different word then? Why do they have to call it anything? Why don't they say the earth is shaking? The earth is shaking, yeah. 
Or why don't they say like, oh no, the water's rising, what do we do? You know, but they don't. They say, it's an earth shake. They, they couldn't like, even, because no. the, the problem isn't that the no. earth is shaking, right? Like that's not even the thing that's dangerous. The thing that's dangerous is the tsunami, which understandable why they wouldn't have a word for tsunami. Japan doesn't mm-hmm. exist like English does in prehistoric times. <laughs> It would be fucking weird for them to use a Japanese word, though, because then that would be like, so what Japanese dinosaurs have experienced a tsunami and come to talk about it to these guys? <laughs> the power of the shogun, it holds strong. <laughs> <laughs> so the, 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 there's a wave like crashing around them. They get to the island just in time. But the land bridge is washed away, or possibly still there, but underwater. Underwater, yeah. Regardless, it's inaccessible to them. All their their parents walk by and fucking don't see that big green thing. <laughs> they just don't. We should say this: the island is covered in vegetation. It is, or maybe they they. I think the implication is that I mean, I they don't acknowledge it, which they should, right? They should be like, "Oh, it's too bad we can't get to that island over yonder." Grandpa Longneck is so tall. He's so tall. He's, <laughs> he's so gotta tall. Be able to get there, right? He's he's got to be able to see it. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 wild. So the we we finally done it. Thirty minutes into this movie, we are on the mysterious island, and two minutes after we get on the mysterious island, it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a song here. This we get is a, a good song, song here because little foot's like, "Hey Petrie, why don't you go fly across, or maybe Ducky could swim across." And they're like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) And they get a song called Big Water. It is maybe the worst song in the movie. I think so. It has a strong opener, though. Yeah, it's maybe the worst song in the movie. But here's the thing. It's a good song. It fucking slaps. (laughs) I was watching this. I was like, this song is shockingly competent. (laughs) And it's it's useful because it's like this highlights. So why can't they just go across? Well, they're fucking terrified of whatever is in the big water. And do you know what? Yeah. Yeah, dude. This is, and this is speaking to like a fear that kids have, right? Like, you Mm -hmm. know, like the ocean is a scary place. I have a deep poetic fear of the ocean to this day as an adult. I wouldn't even call it a phobia because this is a reasonable fear of the ocean because the ocean just now tried to kill them. Yeah. With intent and consciousness. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, apparently. The plot Where, is where'd that, that land bridge go? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, God, I cannot wait for us to get to the end of this movie because I have some gripes about how this movie concludes. But yeah, I can't believe that Kaiba shot himself back in back time. time, right? I know. It's so cool. Um, God, I don't think any movie is going to end as good as that movie ended. I want to go back and rewatch it. It's so good. I was thinking about that movie while I watched this movie because it was another time where I was like, wow, this movie is so much better than the one I just watched before <laughs> it. <laughs> this song kicks ass. The song is great. It is definitely like the weak. There is a, the middle part of the song that's just a little bit like the, the rhyming doesn't quite work out. The animation has a lot of the kids giving fucking full dead eye stares at the camera and I'm not entirely yeah. for it. Uh, but like, it's it's fine. They, they have like a fun little transition where they have all of they're, they're showing you all of these like freaky sea creatures that might exist in the water mm-hmm. and it transitions to their heads. Yeah, it transitions to their heads like they make all of these sea creatures like kind of look like them. I thought that was fun. They sing a song about how they're scared of the water. And so Lilith's like, fine, 
We're not going to send one person out. We're all going to go out. Yeah. Yeah. Because what what they wish, what they wish would happen is that the sun would fly up and make <laughs> the water dry up. And here's the fucking wait, thing. Wait, do they? Do, wait, they do they? Fucking, wait, dude. That is right. the lyric. That is the lyric. Andy, in my notes, I get mad later at the use of the word sun in a different song. Yeah. Oh, and I, I had thought, such a visceral reaction. Like it's not called that. I thought that this was the moment you were talking about, which is why I was laughing so hard earlier. That's the fucking funny thing. It's not. It's the one where they're going to bed. It's like the first thing Ducky says, like when the sun goes down. Oh, and I was that's like, right. What? Oh my god. <laughs> so they like, have what? a word. Excuse me. Yeah, but and okay. Is- so it's it's one of those words. It's one of those. I guess it's like a hypothetical word because mm-hmm, I've never mm-hmm. heard of a word like this before. <laughs> but it's only used in song and poetry. This is the thing, right? Is they have they have with this stupid fucking rule that this is how these animals have to talk. Shot themselves in the foot, right? Like so bad when it comes to their lyric writing because there is a part of me that's like, oh, they're singing. It's like a different mode, whatever. But the thing is, is that it's. I don't think I have ever been in a musical at all where like even in the Lion King, right, where somebody just all of a sudden starts using like words that hadn't been used before. <laughs> the closest I, I can come to that is in the Hunchback musical for some fucking reason. I don't know why this choice was made, at least on the album version. Yeah. Quasimodo talks like this. <laughs> oh, that is a choice. But when he sings, he sings like fucking Quasimodo. Yeah, like he sings like a, like a beautiful, like the most beautiful voice you've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> like the, like an angel. <laughs> That's fucked um, up, actually, that they made that decision. That sucks. <laughs> it's, a li- it's a little bit fucked, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, this guy isn't worthy of love. Have you heard his speaking voice? I wish I could go back in time and fix that movie. Like, it's, it's so close to being an all-time classic for me. My opinion of that movie has changed so much in the, in the times that I've watched it. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was a kid, I didn't care. And then when I was an adult, I was like, ugh, this movie, it's so broken and so fucked up. And the last time I saw it, I was like, this movie is so close to being a masterpiece. It is on <laughs> the... I feel like there has to be other Disney movies that people feel this strongly about, but like... That movie, it's so beautifully animated. The fact that it isn't yeah. also that good is so frustrating. Um, and I think about it all the time now, too. Because I don't feel this way about Anastasia. I, I feel like Anastasia has too many little problems. But also, Anastasia has, like, one kick-ass scene that you can point to and be like, it's worth watching this movie for that scene. Anastasia also, I feel like, importantly, even though it has all these little problems, it kind of just works as a movie. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get so mad at it that you're like, I can't finish this movie. Yeah. Um, Hunchback doesn't work as a movie, like fundamentally in a way that when you watch it and you realize how gorgeous it is and how close it comes to almost kind of working, you're like, how did they not cross the finish line on this? Yeah. I, I don't want to blame Jeffrey Katzenberg, but I have to blame somebody. So <laughs> I'm going to blame Roy Disney. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, th- but I feel like that's an era. That's an era of Disney movies, right? Where like they are like fumbling a lot of movies a yard from the finish line for a while, and it's rough. I mean, that was that was the same era as like Hercules, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which which was like had like different tone problems, and like yeah. um, Tarzan. Oh man, I can't fucking stand that movie. 
for Mulan so many came reasons. out around then and i feel like mulan weirdly fucking works i think mulan kicks ass for 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 the yeah. movie that it is but i i do feel like it's of those movies the one that has held up the best in terms of both it's like representation and also it's like dedication to the the fucking story they said they were gonna tell yeah they fucking told that story it was badass so yes fucking fascinating that we we both picked a different time that the word sun was used <laughs> to get mad at um <laughs> so the kids get a log and they they roll it into the water they're gonna use it as a little boat. this is sarah's idea this i, is sarah's I idea. enjoyed this because because Sarah's like, yeah, the sticks float when we put them in the pond, so this should work too. I love the idea of Sarah just like breaking little things and throwing them into the water like, ah, fuck you. I'm so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and then just retaining that information. That's like interesting. That's yeah. like, I, it's, I mean, I, it's like, again, we're talking such a low bar, but that is such like an interesting character moment for Sarah. Just letting characters occasionally have an idea that is not mm-hmm. just about they're like one big character thing like sarah's kind of a like a bully basically but like a bully that's who bullies her own friends so it's, it's like yeah eh. uh, it, it just gives her so much more depth to be like yeah also she just notices that wood floats would i when i was a kid have noticed that wood floats and thought that it meant that all trees float i don't know like i don't I was know a if i want to come kid. to that conclusion yeah <laughs> i was a fucking idiot <laughs> So so they they do this and um, they start paddling their way through the water. Although it seems like Littlefoot's doing most of the work. Uh huh. Occasionally Sarah will do something, but Petrie, Ducky, and Spike are all hindering. Truly fucking around. I guess Ducky's on lookout, but Spike in. Basically, the one negative thing that he does in the entire movie is actively eating the boat. And to be fair, they should have taken the leaves off of the boat first. Probably. They should have anticipated uh. this problem. <laughs> um, yeah, because Petrie's fucking useless. Petrie doesn't want to look at the water or even touch it. Sarah's yeah. seasick, which is great. Mm. Good choice. Yes. Yes, I do. I, I actually quite like that, too. As just like, this is another problem that they have to deal with. The fact that Sarah gets seasick basically the moment she touches the water. Unfortunately for them, though, they are foiled. Their plan of escape is foiled by this shark. Yeah, they. this is when they find out that shark tooths can be in the water. They, they have their own special fucked up water cousins. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um... I'm not certain if the shark is based on any particular ancient shark. It just kind of looks like a big cartoon shark to me. Yeah, it. it I mean, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure if you ask, they'd be like, "It's a megalodon. It's just a shark. It's a big shark." It's that's it's it's not it's not that big. It's not even that um, big. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a baby megalodon. I don't know. There is this great bit where where Petrie flies up the uh, the the log boat right before it chops it entirely in half. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, oh my god, paddle faster. This is a great chase scene. Uh, and unfortunately for them, it does chase them all the way back to the island and destroys their boat. Yeah. And they're like, well, at least we're not around those sharp tooths. And they hear sharp tooths roaring in the distance. Mm-hmm. And Sarah gets all sarcastic about it. 
Sarah, it is it is my belief, is a big fan of gallows humor. Mm-hmm. She's been through a lot. <laughs> this is how she deals with it. Yeah, yeah, a thing that we don't talk about a lot. Sarah's mom also died. Yeah, yeah. In the song, they they sing next when they're all going to sleep. They sing about kind of how they miss their parents and how their parents were always there. Yeah, fucking Littlefoot starts singing about his dead mom, really bringing it down. When we just meant we miss our parents who are on the mainland, Littlefoot. Truly, I hate. I, I so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. This song yeah. made me tear up a little bit. I was doing little a little cry, and um and I was watching. I had the benefit and the pleasure of watching this movie with May, and immediately as soon as Littlefoot starts singing about his uh his dead mom, she's like, "Oh come on, you have grandparents." <laughs> <laughs> um, oh come on! <laughs> but it's it's it truly is like it it's a, it's such a tone shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean look does he realize that spike's parents are dead sarah's only got a dad what do you think that means i've only seen one of petrie's parents um now Petrie, Pe- i will say petrie's dad is around in one of the movies or maybe that's his uncle you know what you know what? i think it is his dad because i remember his dad flying into the eyes of a sharp tooth in that last movie and i was like petrie's dad's a goddamn hero (laughs) yeah but in this movie it is just his mom right i think i only see his mom and siblings i guess who knows like the the they play fast and loose with the background characters in these movies yeah for one thing there are these wide shots where you see a bunch of characters and then there are wide shots where you see like five characters (laughs) and you're like these are all the dinosaurs (laughs) There are no other dinosaurs living in this massive valley. 40 minutes. 40 minutes, by the way. Yeah, we are, we are truly dragging out the, the introduction of truly the best character in the movie and nay in the franchise. They wake up the next day and they're being chased. They're being hunted by, by a sharp tooth, a predator who is chasing them with a shadow that is incredibly sharp. Also, like... Gangly. It doesn't look very, it doesn't look very intimidating at all. Like the shadow, a very emaciated sharp tooth. <laughs> um, but we find out that that's because this isn't just any old sharp tooth. It's our boy. It's our beautiful son. Littlefoot raised this thing for, for a like day, a twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, for like a, a, a time span of about twenty-four hours, if not less. But is Chomper? He can talk now because he spent like I guess five minutes with them. Uh, he picked up the language. He got it. He got. He's been practicing. He, I will say, of all of the kid voices, uh, he's really bringing it. Like this voice actor sounds the most like a cute little child. Well, it's try. He's got to be adorable. Mm-hmm. So, so Chomper shows up. He's so excited to see them because I, I kind of. He doesn't really seem to enjoy hanging out with carnivores that much. Like, it's like he loves his parents, but does he like his parents? He's he's a little Aristotle, like, right? He was born with the wisdom, as we've stated before. And I, yeah. I, I, he complains that his parents just aren't very good conversationalists. Yeah, he's like, ah, I'm glad to talk to somebody who doesn't just roar back. I do quite like, I I, I highlight this, this line. I, oh, I think it comes up a little bit later. Littlefoot says that they raised the... They knew Chomper since she since he was in an egg. They're like his family. And Sarah turns on him and says, we're not his family, we're his diet. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do like. I was ready to get like mad at Sarah for like 
for like distrusting chompers but her reasoning is like solid her reasoning is literally like he needs to eat us (laughs) needs like all people like all the people you hate sarah has a point (laughs) and but but also but here's the thing is is me as a viewer I don't care. I don't give a shit about these kids. I give a shit about Chomper. Chomper's so great. And here's the thing. He's got he's got the soul of a hero. He's the purest guy. Truly takes it in stride. His parents smell them. And so they're like, hey, do I smell long neck around here? Chomper's like, uh, no, I had some long neck for lunch. Maybe it was that. And then he's like, okay, I got to take you to the stank patch so you guys can hang out there without getting eaten. Takes him to the stink patch, and then he's like, "Why don't I go and get you all some food? I love having friends for dinner." This song, and, and then he sings this little tune about how he loves having friends for dinner. He's gonna get all this, like, make a salad for him. And Sarah, I this this song's great. This song is um, amazing. And this is, like I said, this is what I this is what I thought to myself. Okay, Sarah is using gallows humor because I genuinely don't think that she thinks that Chompers is planning on eating them now. She is worried that, like, at some point he is carnivore enough that he's just gonna forget that they're friends, basically, mm-hmm. yeah, and just take a bite out of one of them. Because he used yeah. to do that when he was a baby. To be fair, absolutely. Uh he was he was pretty bitey. She starts singing friends for dinner, making all these really like dark jokes about how they're all going to get eaten. And they like trust, trust Spike up like a, like a, a luau pig. Yeah, they do. They do dress him up like a, like a big pig. You could this be song, a big pig too. Hoy. This, <laughs> this, this song is so good because of like one, the duology of both of them singing the same words, but implying it differently ton of fun i i think i have come out multiple times on this podcast talking about how my favorite genre of song is yep. duet where the other person doesn't know they're in a duet yes yes uh that's the, that's the fucking best song i love it i need to inject it into my veins it's also the catchiest tune because it has like you got the the marimbas going on in the background and it has like the most, st- it has the best rhyming scheme of all of them. It's just, it's so steady. It's so well written. It's so catchy and just so fun. It's also incredibly morbid to have all of these kids talking about themselves as essentially uh, a meal. But this is the most interesting thing about Chomper as a character is like, he would never eat them. No. But they cannot be friends in the way that I think all of them would like. Yeah. Because there would always be that question. (laughs) There would always be that thought. This plays with that. It doesn't really get to a conclusion about it, but it plays with it way better than any other movie or TV show I've ever seen that tried to do like predator prey relationships. Yeah. I mean, the because like you got you got the the two big ones, right, are Zootopia and Ice Age. Right. And Zootopia just turns it into a a movie about, you know, like race relations, which is uh, a lot of ink. A lot of digital ink has been spilled about how well and how not well it does that. But Ice Age, I don't think ever really in any of those movies 
fully satisfies the question of we just accept the fact that he goes off somewhere else to eat i yeah, think yeah <laughs> like he's he's like as long as it's not ray romano or oh what's that motherfucker's name i i, I, I don't know the sloth he's he's yeah, also sloth. he's 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 off of the babies he's off of human babies he doesn't do human babies doesn't do anymore. human babies anymore yeah <laughs> and he doesn't eat the main characters that we like but presumably he's going out and eating somebody. something. And that's the same with Chomper. But the interesting thing is with Chomper, we, you're not allowed to forget that he no. is going out and eating somebody. I mean, what is he eating? I don't know, but they're not going to do the like cop out that Lion King does. They're not going to give him <laughs> insects to eat. They're not going to do what they did in uh, Madagascar. I think they gave him fish. Oh yeah, they're they're like he's eating something. We don't have to see it, but oh, we man. know that he's eating something. <laughs> Haven't thought about Madagascar in a long time, like three days. But I I do think that like Littlefoot and Chomper come to. I think I think part of it is part of the reason why it works is that Chomper and Littlefoot are out of everyone the only ones who seem to be okay with that relation. Like yeah, like we're 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 different species. We're on different tiers of the food chain, but. But there's also an acknowledgement of, in terms of like the predator and prey relationship, in an, in an all out fight between the two species, that's an even match, right? That's true. Chomper, he's he's such an innocent mm. that like the concept of him actually going and taking a bite out of one of them, that's impossible. It, it would not cross his mind. With Littlefoot, I I have to say, I think Littlefoot is still just kind of stupid. Like he just wants to believe. <laughs> the best of chompers is like he yeah. would never do that and sarah's That's, like it doesn't matter that he would never do that he, he is still a thing that eats us <laughs> like, yeah but I, I i kind of respect littlefoot's naivete here right that like well that this bond that we have is just as important and i think that the way that this movie ends up dealing with it mm-hmm. is uninteresting like it does not come to a kind of conclusion that i would be like okay yeah um i think it gets kind of weak at the end but i feel like the journey there was good and it really it really can't oh yeah absolutely (laughs) no it can't because (laughs) and because at the end of the day chomper is gonna go back to his parents and he's going to learn how you take down a long neck (laughs) like (laughs) the 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 tips and tricks and tactics of what it means to hunt and yeah he's gonna learn how to be a predator and while he's learning how to be a predator he will be getting meals that his parents are hunting for him Mm -hmm. and is it sometimes gonna be a a duck bill or a three horn yeah yeah it is (laughs) this is the reason why i think like the zootopia method of trying to make it like a movie about race relations falls apart for me because at Mm -hmm. no point in my life have i ever looked at another person and 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 in my head went yeah i know what these motherfuckers taste like and they taste good (laughs) i am so glad you said that (laughs) because you know what i've been worrying certainly and uh, yeah i mean certainly not not in the literal way i guess gross Thank you. This is an all-ages podcast, how dare you? right? (laughs) Sure. I don't think with the amount of F-bombs that I drop casually, it could be. That's my bad. I've been trying to to curse less. I feel like I've been failing at it recently. But 
I, the, I I feel like actually the big problem is that whenever we do a G-rated movie mm-hmm. that is bad, I drop the yeah. most swears on it. Like <laughs> it's it's rough. It's hard when and I'm and I'm I, I just like I I'm just a uh, I've incorporated a most yeah I've incorporated the the I've incorporated the uh, the f word uh, into my like latent vocabulary a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> the the journey in this movie is so great though because the kids are like always talking about it it's always on their mind and it's like mm-hmm. rough because in the last 10 minutes of this movie we have to forget about all of that and go back to the the first 20 minutes of this movie yes 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 so chomper brings them all, all this stuff that he picked for them, which I didn't think that he would fit enough on that leaf for them to be happy, but apparently it's good. A cornucopia of, of vegetables and fruits. Yeah, and they're all happy with it. But there's a moment where, where Sarah tells Littlefoot to watch out because it kind of looks like he's going to take a bite out of Littlefoot. Everybody knows he's not. Like, me, the viewer, mm-hmm. I know he's not. Littlefoot and Chomper know, know that he's not, but Sarah is, like, amped. Mm-hmm. And she's like, on you edge. can't forget what he is, and Littlefoot goes to apologize to Chomper. And like make up, and then this other dinosaur shows up. Well, so t- two things happen. One is that Chomper's, I think, mom shows oh, up. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I should remember this because this is the one bit I remembered. I'd seen this movie at least once as a child, and this is the one bit I remembered out of it's it. It's so good. It's so good because she <laughs> sniffs Littlefoot, roars at Chomper, and then leaves. And Chomper tells Littlefoot, oh, yeah, she's telling me that I should stop playing with my food. (laughs) Fucking devastating. And the thing that this movie does is it makes all of those moments into, like, a joke. Like, Littlefoot starts Mm -hmm. laughing at it. But, like, it still, to me, the viewer feels like the kind of joke that you laugh at. Because if you don't laugh at it, you're going to start crying. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a rough time. So Littlefoot makes his way back. He's ready to tear them a new one because they might have eaten his last tree star or whatever. Spike ate it. Spike gives Spike gives zero shits. Yeah. Like, what's he going to do? Come on. But unbeknownst to Littlefoot, he is being followed by this other predator. This predator who not only did Littlefoot not notice, Chomper did not think there was another predator on this island. I don't know how this happened. Yeah, I, I don't know how you lose track of that. I think the implication is supposed to be that this predator also got there through the land bridge, but like we never see that. And so it's just kind of like feels like that this third one has just been kind of hanging around this whole time. So they oh, man, this is like we're basically rushing to the end of the movie here. But I know that this takes like a lot longer in, in the runtime, but they get chased around. Eventually, Chomper no, like hears it roaring and is like, that's not my parents. Oh, shit. My friends are in trouble. And Chomper, fucking ride or die, <laughs> immediately is like taking this guy out. <laughs> he's like, he's such a little guy. And he just, he chomps him. He chomps right down on his tail. Gets the guy like roaring and upset. Chomps down on his tail and then lets go right when he's about to get chomped and gets this motherfucker to chomp his own tail. Yeah, and and Sarah pokes him in the foot. They they they're having some, you know, they're, they're having some good like, oh, we can take him. They can't take him. They cannot then take Chomper's him. Chomper's parents show up and then they start fighting him one at a time like it's a kung fu movie. Not exactly sure why they do this. No, me neither, <laughs> but they they manage to 
take him out, take out this other predator, this other. It's, I wish these things had names. <laughs> yes, because we just have to call it the other sharp tooth. I don't other... know exactly what it is. It looks a little bit like the guys in dinosaur. Yeah, it looks the, a little the... bit like a, like a carnotaur. Like a carnotaur, but I don't know if that's what it is. I don't. I'm not even sure that those were around at the same time as T Rexes. I, I'm not even sure if these are T-Rexes because everything doesn't look like like the thing that it is, right? Like, <laughs> Yes, they could be Allosaurs, I guess. Maybe. Anyway, so, it's not important. They kick this it's thing's ass. It's not super important. It would just be easier to keep track of what was, of like the retelling. In the in the film, it's perfectly legible. It's just now he's like in retrospect. Green, so you're like, this is a different guy. <laughs> yeah, and it also has like those like ridges all over it that give it a different uh-huh. texture and also seem to be like a nightmare akin to spider-man's webbing to animate good because they they really don't do a good job of tracking those <laughs> this predator is knocked off the side of the island the island we didn't talk about this but it's mostly cliffs yeah uh, so he's knocked off into the water but chomper is dragged along with him and his parents so the the issue is that they speak a different language which is kind of neat i love sorry we haven't talked about this i love that every time they're roaring at each other we get to see those subtitles that is so it's such an adorable choice i love that shit the subtitles are so fucking dry and by that i mean like these these t-rexes are going but they are saying the most boring basic ass shit to each other it is kind of hilarious the the idea that these things are roaring at each other and in their head they just sound like like a like a fifth grade math teacher (laughs) right like it's so Uh, funny so but i don't know what they're saying right then it doesn't translate that i don't think because the kids are standing there and i feel like it doesn't translate when they're standing there which is also i respect that choice. choice good choice but it means that i don't know if they can't jump into the water or if they think if i'm gonna jump into the water i'm gonna sink or if i'm gonna jump into the water i'm just gonna get killed with chomper or what but littlefoot who fucking Ride or die. Smooth brain Littlefoot does not. <laughs> it's so funny. The dumbest I feel like kid I'm you too know. mean to Littlefoot because, yeah, I'm like, Chompers is ride or die, but Littlefoot's an idiot. And Littlefoot's like, I'm getting in that water and saving Chomper. He jumps into the water. He knows that there is a shark, this other sharp tooth, but he's going to go and get Chomper. And then in a sort of deus ex machina. I, no, 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 no. I love this. So they Littlefoot jumps into the water, is carrying Chomper on his head and neck, and then for he says, stay in the still water, and then the I love this animation so much, it looks so stupid. The the other carnivore like pops up out of the water and then just like flies into the distance. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, like, it just suddenly got caught up. This is not how currents work in the ocean. It doesn't, like, <laughs> If it, they were in a river, I could kind of get it. But he's just, like... It's so funny. And he just, like, fades. And the noise that he makes. <laughs> so good. It's I it's funny because when it. he fell in the water, I, I thought, genuinely, I was like, that's a waste of food. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I thought the shark was going to make a comeback. It doesn't. So this is... Sorry, I wasn't clear about the deus ex machina. The thing that I felt like was deus ex machina is that the shark does not get a comeback. And then what happens is instead of this, I guess, plesiosaur, although it's very big. 
It's yeah. It's, Maybe uh, it's something else. Raises head bar and is British. Is British. I love this. <laughs> I love British. this. Is British and is so horny for Littlefoot's grandpa. Oh my god! She's like, yeah. Oh, I see where you got your looks now. <laughs> She's like, mm, yeah. I saw your grandpa. I was like, mm. <laughs> if, if, only, if only he had fins. It, what a pair we would make in the sea. It's like, lady. He's married or something. Take a cold. Well, okay. Uh, so, she <laughs> is a very funny character, and she's just like, "Why don't I take all these kids back to the mainland to meet their parents? Since we need to wrap up the movie now." Also, the, the sharp teeth are like, "Oh, you can stay here if you want. We won't eat you." Wink. Which is, yeah. I mean, I'm not entirely sure I buy it. I mean, even even Chomper's like, uh, maybe. They probably won't eat you. It's a different conversation when you guys grow up is the thing. I do love that the, the, the dad, I think it's the dad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It, so his mom's, his mom's like, you're safe with us kids. Mm-hmm. And Chomper's is like, they, she said you're safe with them. And the dad leads and sniffs them. It's like something that smells that bad can't taste good anyway. And they're like, what did he say? <laughs> Chomper's is like. Uh, he also said you're safe with them. <laughs> but yeah, they've, they've, little, this is, so here's the thing is, these motherfuckers should remember Littlefoot, although who knows, and maybe in their brain, you know, it's like, you know, like, I don't remember every ant that I step on, so I get it. But like, this is the second time in Chomper's life that he has been saved by Littlefoot in some capacity. And I guess at this point, they're like, all right, I guess this thing is your friend or whatever, which is a little bit rude. Look, you don't eat the helpful ones. This is mm-hmm. why, like, yeah, the, the, like, Remoras exist, right? Sometimes you can adapt to be helpful to the big predator so it doesn't eat you. But they're like, no, we would rather be with our parents, which, you know, fair. There is not even a little bit a conversation of, would your parents want to come here? No, we're not doing that. No. We are not doing that. <laughs> we have a great valley that we will be able to go back to at some point. This is possibly just too many people for these sharp teeth to not eat. Yep. Uh, so they go back to their parents. Their parents have found the most food. <laughs> so, like, the food thing took care of itself entirely off screen. Yeah, there is an adventure that these parents are having where they are deciding to stick together in spite of their differences because of their kids and also still looking for food and their kids. And they found food and they're and they're like, we'll just have to hope they find us. Now here's, okay, so I don't want to get too up this movie's ass because it's been a good movie this whole time. Yeah, absolutely. But it's been fun. I just fucking can't help but think that Petrie's family should be doing like flights out. Yeah. You know, they should be checking on stuff because they can fly. And the movie does not want to deal with the fact that it has flying creatures in it. No. Well, I mean, even like uh, Ducky's mom should be like, right, going out into the ocean and being like, like, oh, are there like, like, can like scouting the coast? Well, they should be sending out search parties still. But it really feels like and who knows, maybe this is happening in the movie that we didn't get to see because we were too busy being on this mysterious island. It feels like the parents gave up a little bit. I think they did give up a little bit. And I'll tell you why I think that because the last time this happened, they gave up 
on finding their kids again. That's and then their true. kids showed up at the Great Valley. Yeah. <laughs> so they're probably just like, you know, if we let it simmer, <laughs> they'll be back. I love when we cut back to the parents and they their dialogue is literally just like, it's great that we found this super cool and amazing place. Too bad our kids are gone. It's like... Who cares if we found enough food for years? Our kids are still gone. Okay. Like, thanks, thanks, Sarah's dad, for catching us up <laughs> on the movie we just watched. It's like a, it's like an old like Marvel comic where they have to oh, tell you everybody's powers before they use them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that you have laser eyes. And I feel like I feel like Sarah's dad and Littlefoot's grandpa both have like the superpower of of like saying something that's immediately contradicted. <laughs> yes. They should just start walking around being like, "Our kids are never coming back." <laughs> bad things happen all the time these plants will never regrow (laughs) yeah because Sarah's dad's immediately like do you expect them to just come out of the sea like Poseidon Lulvitz grandpa's like yes I do they're they're like on on the the plesiosaur they all Mm. come back everybody's happy Movie just kind of ends, I guess. It, it, we do get like f- two more minutes of them go of of watching the Great Valley regrow and them coming back, which was unnecessary. No, it was necessary. It is necessary because they're going to start the next one in the Great Valley. <laughs> I just I don't 100%. think it is. I think these movies could exist on entirely. These movies have the problem. I think that like, or I shouldn't say ha- don't ha- they don't have this problem. They've created this problem. In mm-hmm. Pokemon, every fucking season, Ash just pretends like the last season didn't happen. Why? Because it's a show for kids. And Ash is 10, and he just is going to, this is what we're doing now. Uh, all that other or shit, who cares? some kind of curse, maybe? No, maybe a I don't. Curse. I don't. Have I don't we want, considered we're not that doing Ash this might be cursed, like, by that ghost nine tails? I'm pretty sure he meant. I don't. We're not uh. going to do this. We're not going to do this. <laughs> I hate, I hate, I hate that shit so much. It's a kid's show for kids. You got to deal with that stuff. I feel like these movies could exist entirely except independently does, of each other. Except I feel like Charizard showed up later. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's like little things like that. But sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. For like, the, you know, for the parents. I was a kid. But. Yeah, for the parents or the teens watching this show alongside the kids, it's like stuff is sprinkled in for them. For those hashtag teens. <laughs> hashtag, they're hashtag parents now. This show's been going on for so fucking long. Hashtag teen parents? no i think they're just 20 now like we are or i am well i'm almost 30 god that's wild that show's been that show's as old as i am because that show started when i was born i feel like these movies need like really don't need to pretend like they're connected in any way because it doesn't matter they all start in the great valley and then they fuck off and do a bunch of other shit i can assume for the next one that we're gonna start in the great valley again okay okay i We'll mention, though, that the whole point of this one was to reintroduce a character. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But, like, if you didn't know, if I I had didn't see the second movie when I watched the fifth one, I owned the fifth one on VHS. That's the one I owned. Like, I didn't need to, I, I could assume based on the dialogue that they knew this motherfucker from one of those other movies. Yeah, that's fair. And it's not like it's not like Swan Princess where it's like every movie is so important to the overall plot that if you miss one, you will be 
completely baffled. And if you watch them all, you will still be completely you baffled. Still, yeah, you're, you're going to be furious about the character choices that they make. At least you'll have the through line of knowing who the ghost squirrel is. Yeah, this one does not have that. They do keep on... They, I, I, I don't think it matters either way that they do a two-minute, they walk back to the Great Valley. I just... It's fine. It's just two minutes of my life, you know? Like... You didn't have to watch it. We wouldn't have even talked about it if you hadn't mentioned it. That's true, but it's it's. We I'm just saying just this movie. It ended. This movie is this movie is 74 minutes long, which is one minute <laughs> longer than the last one, and it's a clean. It is a crisp. It is a, a smooth 74 minutes. I will give you that. Could have been 60. So what? How? Wait. How long was the last one? 73 minutes. 73 minus 35 plus. 74 minus 40 chomper was in 72 minutes of movie (laughs) nice if you just take those 72 minutes and smash them together oh man i had a good time watching this one i'm glad that i feel like my childhood memory of this movie held up that being said i don't think i need to watch this movie ever again my childhood memory of land before time 2 did not match up and i think genuinely it is because i spent more time looking at the vhs cover than i did watching the actual movie Mm -hmm. um however land before time 5 it's a fucking fun movie it's good it's good i don't think i would ever watch it again no because like yeah it just doesn't it's not for me right for children yeah it's a movie for toddlers yeah, like for babies. However, if I had to watch a Land Before Time movie and it was like a later one, I think I'd probably be pretty okay with that. I'm st- I think the early ones are bad. <laughs> I don't think that they ever get better than this. I've seen That's a shame. so I have seen so many of these movies. I've seen most of them. The fifth one is by like clear and away a runaway success compared to the other ones. It's more fun. It's not annoying. The other, a lot of the later movies have this problem where they keep trying to introduce new characters to join the gang and they just suck. <laughs> the the gang's know. too big. The gang's too big. It doesn't need new, new characters. Mm-hmm. The gang has five characters in it. But we live in a world now where it's like, if my child is desiring of dinosaur content, there are so many like walking with dinosaurs, planet prehistoric, like mm-hmm. educational mm-hmm. documentary style, like things about dinosaurs. Hell, even like the YouTube series, Your Dinosaurs Are Wrong is to me a more entertaining and also more educational piece of dinosaur content. There was slash is a TV show for babies called Dinosaur Train. Where the dinosaurs are on a time-traveling train, and I do think that each one teaches you about a different dinosaur. I have never heard of this. This sounds sick as hell. I like trains. (laughs) I think it might have been good. This, wow. It's got a six and a half out of ten on IMDb, which does, it's a a kid's show. It's going to skew low. This is a for preschoolers. You know, I, yeah, sure, that one. But it's like, like a PBS show, so. Does that say Jim Henson's Dinosaur Train? What? How? It it does. Is that is this like it's a Henson? It's co-produced by the Jim Henson Company. Oh, apparently. that's awesome. Do they have puppets? Here's the thing. I don't think so. I thought it was um, like CGI. I mean, it I, sure looks like CGI. Maybe they have cutaways for puppets or something. Who knows? Uh, I don't really know what the Jim Henson Company is doing these days. Oh, no. Oh, no. I accidentally clicked play on a Flash video. <laughs> 
uh, scared me truly. But yeah, there's there is no shortage of like dinosaur shit for kids, and I just feel like the Land Before Time was never really that good and long overstayed its welcome. Yeah, that's fair. That's why we're only watching two of them. Yeah, like the moment I got my hands on Jurassic Park, that was the dinosaur movie I watched for the rest of my life to this day. And like, I recently got to watch that like Apple TV planet <clears throat> Earth style dinosaur one. That show kicks ass and it's beautifully animated. Um, and yeah, I just don't think these movies are worth watching anymore, unfortunately. We probably don't need them. We as a society have moved past a land before time. Yeah, we're in the land after the land before time. Mm-hmm. If this movie is teaching you nothing else, it should remind you that you've fucking seen trees. That you know what trees are like. <laughs> they have leaves? Uh, I've seen them. <laughs> so what, tr- truly one of the most long-lasting, unchanging species on the planet. <laughs> Did you know it's not a species? That trees are not a species or a family? They are, a lot of them are independent completely, but came up with the same evolutionary style which is to get trunks nice that's just wild they're not even related amazing that's great that's so good good more complicated than you think yeah give a let's give let's give trees a big old hand (laughs) clap 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 i'm not gonna i'm not gonna it sounds bad uh yeah i was gonna press the i was gonna press the soundboard clap and i was like nobody can hear that i hear that Oh, thank you for listening to Direct to Video. VHS. I have been your host, Tony Robusto. I have been your host, Andy Reyes. You can find me at Blue Sky on Theater Bats and at inspiredbytrueevents.org. Mm-hmm. You can find me at timeunderpictures.com. And we've we're re, we're, we did our we did our, our yearly refresh of the website. Hopefully at some point, once I can get my setup running will be able to you know find me somewhere else hopefully somewhere else what a beautiful concept <laughs> what else do we gotta do okay so you can find the podcast direct video and yep. we have a youtube channel that hasn't updated in a while because we, we haven't updated in a while <laughs> it's true that's true but you can always leave a comment there or on your favorite podcatcher app like for instance itunes or another one spotify spotify we're on spotify i don't know if you can comment on spotify you all figure it out thank you to scott buckley for homework which should be playing right now because it sure sounds like we ended this episode fingers crossed Mm -hmm. yeah (sighs) we did it and it's and it's already at the recording this late november so, so next is definitely Mickey's Twice tweet. Upon a Christmas. Twice Upon a Christmas. Twice Upon a Christmas. Where we'll hopefully get to see fewer nephews. And maybe twice as many Christmases? Although I guess we did get an infinite number of Christmases last time. A statistically infinite number <laughs> of Christmases where they destroyed everything and we're sad about it, fucking idiots. And then two much more palatable shorts. Maybe we'll get three good shorts this time. Who knows? Will Kelsey Grammer come back? Only time will tell. I hope so. It's not Christmas without Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't understand. Kelsey Grammer is my grandfather. Oh, I see. I see. 
I'm going to stop recording. <laughs> You're not going to. I am the ghost of John Smith. Then thank you to Scott Buckley for... I'm going to take a better reading of that. <laughs> Where I'm looking at the track so I can just say it. Uh,